0: hello and welcome back to another episode of promote the hell out of it if this is your first time checking out the podcast thank you so much my name is miz and this is the podcast where i chat to people worth shouting about about stuff worth promoting i try to dig into the stuff that keeps them going the marketing techniques they use their mindset all that stuff you know there's a bunch of us that grew up listening to punk rock or skateboarding and playing tony hawks all that era who tried to make careers out of alternative lifestyles and the stuff we love doing but talking about those uh those business techniques keeping it sustainable um all that stuff's really important and today's guest is someone who's been doing that for ages basis for teenage bottle rocket miguel shen and you know back in my early 20s when i was uh homeless in london i used to listen to they came from the shadows skate or die in particular and then Uh, the album before that two warning device a whole bunch whilst walking around waiting for the clubs to to reopen so I could get out a DJ make enough money for the next day Um, and a lot of what helped me is stuff that that Miguel talks about in in the books he's released I want to be well and the death of you Uh, he's also released a kid's book called the virus and we touch on that he's also got a yoga for punks which is amazing and something that uh, really helped me and you know the conversation I had um, about neurodevelopment a while back is amazing, and I would definitely recommend checking that out if you enjoy this episode, as well as the conversation I had with with Pete uh, from Ducking Punches, Pete Wright, another great conversation to check out if you're into yoga. but this whole conversation was really, really encouraging um, and Miguel's someone that I think has so much to offer. We talk about all the books he's released, we talk about his mentality, how yoga's helped him, his background. And obviously about the band uh, and the new live stream that they've got coming up real soon. Links will be in the description. That's going to be really cool. I really hope you enjoy it. If you want to support the show, you can buy me a coffee. Links in the bio. We've also got a really, really cool uh, new cover for the podcast, which uh, was done by Bloodflower Lucinda. They did an amazing job and I'm so stoked to put that out. So definitely check the cover out. You can go on our social show it some love show uh lucinda bloodflower design some love they are amazing i've worked with them a couple of times and i absolutely love their stuff i am so happy with how the cover come out um and keep keep in tune for some some merch coming soon uh because that's going to be great and a, and a great way to support the show uh if you've been enjoying it too so yeah enjoy this episode with miguel uh and i'll catch you soon
1: you go. it's really really good to chat to you how you doing i'm doing pretty good man it's been crazy but i'm, yeah. I'm good yeah. weird time right <laughs> oh man there's you know i live in texas and there's like an unprecedented snow storm oh, wow. right now like like millions of people don't have power right no now T- it's great yeah like we're fine our house still has power but you know, I kind of, I kind of moved here to be, to get away from snow and stuff, yeah, and, okay. and it followed me.
0: So. Yeah, we, we actually, we had snow here uh, in the UK in Kent, which is pretty rare. And the car was snowed under, which is like the first time as an adult where I've had to dig the car out of snow in the UK <laughs> because it's something that rarely happens. So yeah, um, so I, I know you're keeping really busy because uh, I follow what you're doing. Um, <laughs> how easy was it to adapt to lockdown and having to turn things around onto social media?
2: Uh, I mean, it's definitely been kind of a challenge. I think it's been a, you know, like the,
1: the, the my main gig or whatever is the band. And, and that just kind of came to a halt, which is strange because since I was a teenager, I've, I've always toured, and I've always yeah, you know that's kind of been my thing so so that that has been a big, big change, and especially you know, at some point, the band kind of became how I support my family, which is awesome, yeah, but you know all of a sudden you have that taken away, so it's been a lot of like, okay, well, how do we how do we kind of focus on our other things that we have going on and, um, yoga, you know, it's kind of been, um, we, we still have a studio in Wyoming and that obviously had to go online for some time. And, and that was okay because, um, it's like a local business and, and all of our students up there, Wyoming are really like loyal students. So they actually, they all stuck with us, but, um, I was getting ready to launch uh, a studio here in Texas and um had invested quite a bit of money in in that in January of 2020. Uh, you know, and so that that kind of came into a screeching halt, but absolutely but it did actually kind of send me in in an unexpected direction where I think it kind of worked out in a lot of ways um with you know i've I've been doing this yoga for punks thing with my wife for a few years and and it's mostly consisted of like events at music festivals and and that kind of thing you know like if i'm in town i'll do a yoga for punks class and uh, um i think kind of being stuck at home kind of turned that for the first time into a little bit more of a real entity cool um because you know I was about to I was about to open like another local studio it was just in Dallas but when you think about like a local yoga business like there's a lot of competition there's a lot of like yeah, why of would anyone come to your studio and not someone else's but but on like a global scale you know I think there's people who gravitate toward me as as a teacher that actually switching online and and starting to bring classes online kind of actually gave me a chance to reach Actually, like my students more for so sure. than just like local people. So yeah, absolutely. So that's that's actually been kind of fortunate. Yeah,
0: it's really cool. And you've touched on Sorry a lot of I, things.
1: I ramble. <laughs>
0: no, it's amazing. That's that's what we want. Um, and you've touched on <laughs> a lot of things that I want to ask more about. Um, what came first, yoga for punks or the studio?
1: I've done a few yoga teacher trainings, but I was already in a studio in Laramie, Wy. Eventually, later that same year the owner of the studio I was working at sold me that studio. So they kinda okay cool. They kinda co-mingled and then, you know, I took that first studio I had, expanded it to a second studio in a second city, and then yoga for punks just kind of happened in the background as, as I was running a couple studios. And then seriously right before the pandemic hit, I, I had to get rid of the the original studio. Okay. But uh it kind of presented this opportunity for yoga for punks to kind of come into its own. So it's been interesting. It's really cool. And and what about
0: the, when you were doing yoga for punks like at festivals and things like that, compared to the reception you get having a studio and the regulars you get coming to that, was it easy to get people into it? Did you, did you see any hesitation? What was it like?
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Cause it's two very, like very different groups of of students right so in in wyoming at the studio i kind of had like my regulars but they they weren't like punks or anything they were actually a lot of like older women like 50s 60s i i would say 40 to 60 was kind of my target and you know professional women like professors and and doctors and you know so when i started doing like music festivals it was it was a lot more people who kind of look like me, like lots of tattoos and like no effect shirts and, and that kind of stuff. So that was interesting. But um, I also had this like this feeling about, you know, when you're running a local yoga studio, people walk in the door. They they want to be there. They of And and I always had this this. Preconception of oh these yoga for punks events it's going to be really kicking and screaming like hey, it's the middle of fest in Florida, please come to my <laughs> class you know but uh, but I was actually shocked how instantly kind of successful that was, and how from the very first time we did an event, there were people and and there's just continued to be people and and you know I think there there was a point in time where my wife and I kind of thought we were like the only yoga punks on earth before we before we were married or whatever it was kind of I get of we affected sure. us to each other so much we were like there's another one of me <laughs> like cool but as we started doing these events we realized like right off the bat like oh man there's actually a lot more punks who are into this than we thought and And the conversations we'd have with people was was kind of the same. They'd they'd be like, "Ah, "I'm so glad you're just like I thought I was the only one." And so I think there was, there has been this big community of of punks who kind of trying to get their shit together a little bit and trying to. Oh, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah, completely. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, when you're in punk rock and you're kind of on this like self help path, it kind of seems like maybe you're the only one. So i think yoga for punks kind of became this catalyst for a lot of people to realize that that actually no there there was a lot of us trying to to get our shit together and and to do a little better and and to not die at a young age you know so that's that's completely it isn't it and and there is
0: a, a a false mentality i think like i toured in very crappy punk bands but uh knackering myself out just living what i thought punk rock should be um and there's a couple of topics that i started getting into one was marketing just being able to run my own band send professional emails make a bit of money if possible and the other was looking after myself like there are two things that no, like you need to start doing if you want to last
1: and enjoy the things that are fun about it right there's a sustainability Issue and it's funny you mentioned marketing and and business and you know I don't think a lot of people realize at a certain level it becomes that and and there's there's an aspect of sort of taking care of the band and the business that's really similar to what we do as far as like you also have to take care of yourself as as a person and and as an individual but you know it's yeah you kind of start and you're like oh this is fun or whatever but as you get more successful if you want to keep doing it you know you do you do have to have a certain level of professionality and a certain level of like we know what we're doing and um I was always surprised how much like the the business stuff I had to do for the studios kind of crossed over to business stuff I had to do for the band and um you know, I, I actually went to university for business administration. And awesome. Like, if, if I'm really honest, the reason I did that was just kind of to get my dad to shut up. And I can <laughs> relate to that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it would be a super easy degree. <laughs> like, my dad just really wanted me to go to college. And I was like, okay. I just kind of threw, like, what seems like the most brainless, easy degree? And I picked business. <laughs> and uh, it ended up being such a useful thing That's it. For, for yoga and and especially for for the band you know it's funny it's
0: crazy. how yeah I know the, the thing is that you don't value it when when you get into punk rock it's for the kind of opposite of that stuff it's like I don't want anything to do with with that crap but there comes a point where if you want to keep doing it you need to yeah you just need to pick it up otherwise you just fade away especially with social media and the amount of competition oh,
1: absolutely. Is, right? there's yeah i mean what, what am i trying to say social media definitely plays an aspect and and that's kind of been like this evolving like future thing and, and i think that this last year in particular has been like okay now now what and you know we we live in this world of we give people in big groups together in small spaces is how is how we do our art and is how we fucking make our money and and um yeah having to sort of shift so suddenly but also like kind of stay relevant
2: you know um even though bar rocket we haven't played a show in a year i think still
1: keeping in mind like we have to kind of be out there just a little bit just enough Like, not so much that everyone's like, ah, shut the fuck up, Teenage Bottle Rocket. But enough to like, oh, yeah, those guys, I hope that they're doing okay, you know. Completely,
0: completely. And is that something that's difficult for, like, the different members of the band to come to an agreement of how much to get involved in social media, stuff like live streaming, all that kind of stuff? Or are you pretty much on board?
1: Uh, I mean, I... I'd say I do most of that shit <laughs> and the other guys just kind of trust me <laughs> to do what I'm doing because, um, in teenage bottle rocket, like I'm, I'm the business guy. I'm, I'm the guy like That's behind awesome. the scenes and, you know, Ray does, Ray does a bit of it too, but definitely Cody and Chuka, like they're just like fucking do whatever. Just don't bother me. And, you know? So they've been, yeah. Like I'm, I'm left to do what I think is a band, especially with my business background. And, um, this year for us, that's meant a lot of like, okay, you know, there's stimulus packages and and there's grants available for, for small businesses and and that kind of stuff. So it's been a lot of like, okay, how do, how do we stay afloat? Like how do I make sure that everybody in the band can, can survive essentially without working for a year and, Um, so there's been a bit of that. And then there's been finally, you know, we went and recorded an album that was actually originally supposed to come out next, next month, but you know, that's not happening, but you know, it was still like, we still need to move forward. So let's write songs. Let's do a record. Let's, you know, if we're eligible for grants or loans, let's, let's go through the process and, and do what we can. And then finally now it's been, let's put together a live stream, which, um, we We held off doing for for a long time <laughs> and yeah, i I'm interested in that, yeah, why? Go on kind of two reasons, um well, I guess sort of one reason, really, that goes in two branches. We knew if we wanted to do it, we wanted to do it really right, because we saw a ton of bands doing it, and there was a lot of people just like streaming from their phones, and it kind of looked like shit, and it sounded like shit. And we were like, we understand why people are doing this. They're just desperate to like do something and hopefully drum up some donations or that kind of stuff. And we were like, you know, our, our band has always had like a certain level of professionality and, and we want to maintain that. But two was like the live stream we were seeing that were like good was like, oh, here's Dropkick Murphy's at Fenway Park with like a budget that's more <laughs> money than we make in a year, you know, like that kind of thing. And we were like, Well, we can't really afford to do that. So, how, considering that we have to get members from three different states and two different countries together to do this, how do we put it together and, and do it really well? So, but also kind of make it feasible. And so, it's been a long time of kind of putting together the logistics. And finally, we're, I think we've got it figured out where it's like, okay. You know, we're putting we're putting a bunch of money into this and, and we've got like a good film crew and a good audio crew and, and we just wanna make this like a thing that represents our band really, really well and and um and hopefully it, it pays off, you yeah, know. Sure. We're like we're like at the very at the very worst, like even if it's a flop and we don't sell tickets, like at least we put out something that we're proud of, which I think we just kind of half ass something completely and sell more tickets. So um so that's where we're at. I love that
0: answer. I really do because um I I completely agree. I've seen a lot of live streams that are they don't make you feel anything. You're supporting the artist and that's amazing and it, and it's always good to support when we can. But um you don't know whether to grab a cup of tea and sit down and watch it or whether it's it's Absolutely. Like the ones that make you feel like it's a bit more of an experience, add add something
1: to it, right? we we tossed around that word so much experience like we want it to be an experience Very good. yeah it's important and i think that's part of what's
0: kept teenage bottle rocket relevant for the whole period of time you know like being able to
1: embrace change and stay relevant absolutely and i think too you know i was talking to the guys about this i was like i think our band has something special going on in the, a lot of our fans or whatever you know, to some extent, consider us friends and, and to some extent know what's going on with us and know what's going on in our personal lives. And, you know, when we're on tour, I talk to a lot of people about my books or my yoga studio or my kids and, you know, everybody knows Ray's son Milo or, you know, it's, it's really, (laughs) we we've got a, a connection on a certain level with, with our fans that we felt like with this live stream, we want to kind of like honor that. And so we're doing a lot of stuff, like some background footage of us at home and, and just like a couple little tricks in, in this entire thing that I think that people who like know and are familiar with our band, um, will really enjoy. And, and I think it's part of the reason too, like I was saying, you know, this is normally how I pay my mortgage. This is normally how I support my family. But yeah. Not a lot of bands get to say that. And and most of the bands that do get to say that are fucking Green Day or <laughs> you just have to take really good care of your core audience. And, and because we've done that, we've been able to build our core audience to where we can go basically anywhere in the world and have a good show. And, you know, we only need a couple hundred kids a night to make the sustainable and to make this work. Like we don't need to be selling out fucking stadiums or whatever, because the people who do care about us, like really care about us. So, so we want to make sure that we're reflecting that back in everything that we do, whether it's like our new record or, or even this live stream. Like we want, we want our people to know like, Hey, we're trying to make this really fucking awesome for you guys because we know it's not the same as seeing us live.
0: No, completely. And I think it's so important. And it's so it's so good to hear as well. Um, And it's true. I've noticed that uh, there's a level, you know, you notice different people take to social differently and how much they want to give away about their personal life, how much they they want to to keep back. Um, And I'm never someone to, to pry about personal life. But I think that the way you've handled things is is really important to the punk rock community because showing that you can balance being in a band, having a punk rock lifestyle, looking after yourself and having a family is something that I think people can really look up to.
1: You know, it's it's really come from like my spiritual practice and, and years of meditation and yoga. But I think there there was like a certain degree of like, this is this is real and like. Why would I present things any other way? And like, in fact, like I've found the more just kind of honest I am, the more useful I am to other people, like, like the more helpful it is. And, and I've found a certain element of like, that's the really good stuff in life. When, when you, when you can help people on, on some level or, or connect on some level. So. It's really relatable. It's it's
0: relatable to people. And for me, it's been a wonderful experience, you know, because um, I was homeless for a few years in, in London. Um, and during that time, I remember listening to, to Teenage Bottle Rocket a lot. Um, and it's something that kept me going. But I didn't know anything about what you were doing with yoga at that time, nothing like that. So then later in my life, when those things have helped me, and I realized that, that you're going for a similar yeah. experience it's it's quite a, an eye opening moment to realize that you're not alone and that's really absolutely valuable.
2: and
1: you know to that same end like i think our band has really consciously kind of been kind of a dumb fun band um in in like the songs we write and 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 the content of our lyrics like really on purpose it's it's not because like none of us are political people or because we don't have viewpoints, <laughs> you know, it's just because we felt always that everyone's getting that from every angle and ev- everything is just doom and gloom fucking no matter where you turn. And we kind of wanted our band to be a legitimate escape for people like a legitimate, like you can connect to something happy, like just for a fucking moment, like life doesn't have to be so serious and so heavy, like no matter what's going on, you know, you can take a break and, and just sort of enjoy for a little while. So um, I think that's been important.
0: Yeah. And I think yoga ties into that so perfectly, right? Because it's something that allows you to take time out and allows you to heal. Um, I'm really interested in that crossover period between you finding yoga and then being able to, to think of taking something else you now love and turning it into a business as well, because I, I think that's really, really important. How long did it take you before finding it to, to want to turn it into something?
1: I mean, it kind of just fell in my lap in a really strange way. So I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I started practicing yoga and I was obsessed and I was, I was just more and more and more, give me as much as possible. And I had this opportunity to do that first teacher training I was talking about, and a couple months into that training, I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I think I want to teach," you know. And and that was as far as my brain had gone with it. I was like, "Yeah, when I'm not on tour, I'll, <laughs> I'll just teach some yoga classes," and then really not long after that, like my boss was like, "Listen." I'm not going to be running this studio anymore. We need someone to take over. And, uh-huh. and nobody loves this place like you do. And so I was like, all right, here we go. Because I've, for, for many years, I've kind of been this, like, um, you know, I also studied Taoism and and they call it Wu Wei. It's, it's the path of least resistance. Like we're, we're water. Right. And, and so I've always kind of been just like, here's an opportunity, let's go with it. Let's see what happens. And and there was this big opportunity. So we just, yeah, it's crazy. That's a really cool way to be.
0: It's a really interesting because playing in a band involves a lot of situations that cause friction. Right. You're with people for in small spaces for a lot of time. Um did that play a part in you getting interested in, in those oh, Absolutely.
1: Topics? It was, you know, to to make like a long story short, you know, my mom and my sister died when I was a teenager. And um, I was kind of fucked up from that, as, as you are, when, when close family dies. But
2: of course.
1: one of the ways that I was really trying to deal with that was was with the band and with just like, well, I'm going to fucking die anyway. I need to, I'm going to do what I want to do. So, so my life just became like music, music, tour, tour, party, party. And in a lot of ways, it was this whole other world where I don't think if I'd experienced my path would have been really different. It yeah. probably would have been like, okay, my bachelor's degree, let's get a master's degree. Let's, it wasn't an option. I, I was like, I need to go this direction. And, and at some point, I remember really being like, okay, I've accomplished. Most of my goals, like here's my small band from Wyoming. We're on Fat Records, which is like a fucking dream come true. We're on tour with No Effects. We're going to Japan. We're going to Europe. We're going to South America. Like we're fucking doing
2: everything I ever wanted to do. Why am I so fucking depressed? Like, yeah,
1: it just it didn't add up. On paper, I had every single reason to be happy but i i wasn't and and that really became the like okay like i got to try something else or or i'm going to like self sabotage and lose all this stuff i've worked for and
2: and that's kind of what led me back to meditation and 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 those sorts of practices that my mom
1: had had really been into and had really tried to like hand down to me
2: um yeah. And it, it kind of became that journey. Like meditation helped immensely. And,
1: um, yoga kind of became an extension of that, like a way to make my meditation practice yeah. more accessible, but also a way to kind of take care of myself on a physical level too, because, you know, touring and, and partying all the time is, is fucking hard on your body. Like, so is stress and so, you know, so, um, yeah, just, it all kind of built and grew on, on itself and, and it continues to, to do so, you know, it's, I think one of the things that people who practice a lot of yoga realize early on is there's no like, oh, I'm done now. Like yeah, yeah, I accomplished yoga. I I did, you know, it's just this like, oh, this is, this is a journey that, that I I'm on forever now. And and there's always a deepening.
0: For sure. And negativity is almost like an addiction, right? It's easy to fall back into those habits and to easily like it's something you've got to actively practice to to stay positive. Absolutely. Um how long or did you notice a a, a change in your relationship with people when you started getting into those practices? Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean for fucking sure, like, you you talk to anyone who knew me, like, as a teenager, or or in my early 20s, like, ask them about me then, it's basically like, yeah, he was a fucking asshole, (laughs) like, Miguel Chen was a fucking dick, and, and, like, it's true, I was, I, I would just be constantly wasted, like, picking fucking fights, just, like, Brutal asshole to everybody. And and I think now that if you talk to most people who like know me and who spend time with me, they'll they'll tell you quite an opposite story. They'll be like, Yeah, Miguel's he's a pretty nice guy. And, um, um
0: I really appreciate you sharing sharing that that story with us. And I know that through through your books and having listened to other podcasts that you obviously went through a horrible period in your life. Um but I'm also really thankful that you use your time to, to share your experiences with others. Um, because yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of people that turn to punk rock because they're hurt in some way. Um, and it feels like a release, but sometimes that can easily turn into a circular sort of transition of go be very angry, go be very angry and that's all you do and a lot of what you share with people is the opposite absolutely
1: you know there's for a lot of people it's like yeah punk rock is medicine and and it's it's a healing good thing until the relationship shifts and then it's like this toxic poisonous yeah bad thing and so um really anything i think on earth can can be that way it's just some things are more challenging than others like like we can think about alcohol as an example, right? You know, there's there's definitely situations and circumstances where they, like, yeah, maybe alcohol has, has been a good, positive thing in a way. Like, maybe it's helped you have good friendships and good relationships or good experiences, good. And it's when we use it as a form of connection that it can kind of be medicine in a weird way but it's also like a real slippery slope to like, all of a sudden it's this toxic poisonous thing that's ruining your life and ruining your relationships. So, um, from this yogic perspective, every single thing on earth is like that. And it's, it's, does it help us connect? Does it bring us energy and joy or, or are we using it to try and escape and is it draining our energy and, and, disconnecting us you know bringing us to a dark place so it's interesting yeah yeah
2: completely I, I i love
0: conversations like these they're important um and again they're important to have over and over again because it's so easy to fall back into into the same mentality um i want to touch on on the books you've written um and i'm going to say three books because i also want to touch on on the kids. Uh, book the virus that you've that you've done um but i guess my first question about it is you write your first book you release it what makes you want to go back and do that
1: again even as honestly even as i was writing the first book i knew i wanted to write that second book because you know the second book's really about death and it's like a tough sell right like who wants to read a book about death it's kind of a but Death has been such like a huge part of my life that that it really felt like that's where I can do the most good is is by talking about those experiences and about the practices that helped me heal that way. So really, before the first book was even finished or released, the second book was being conceptualized um, you know the first the first book I really felt like, let's just make this sort of a one oh one like here's punk rockers who like me at some point are probably really turned off by spiritual practice and meditation or whatever, you know, here's the 101 book. Here's like intro, make it really accessible. Hope that at least a few people like get turned on to these practices because of it. book number two is like, okay, people are paying attention. Let's fucking dive in deep. Let's,
2: you know, let's talk about the really painful stuff. And yeah, I mean, people seem to have connected with them and, and, and it's been
1: really rewarding in that way. You know, I still get people stumbling on my books for the first time and, and, and reaching out and letting me know, you know, cases where, where parts of my story have have helped them through Difficult moments, and, and that's very surreal, but very very uh, humbling and, and rewarding, and and it makes me want to keep doing that kind of work. That's amazing. Um,
0: by the time you come to writing uh, the books, have you did you have to make an active decision to to be quite open and frank, or had you already been
1: doing that? Because yeah, I, w- I think by that point, honestly, the reason I got the book deal to begin with was because of my big fucking mouth. Like it was just, (laughs) I, you know, I just, at some point I kind of lost the filter where like things that a lot of people would try and hide about themselves or, or be shameful or afraid of. Like I just started talking about so openly and so honestly that there was just no more like, (laughs) there was no more politeness or whatever about my past. It was just like, Yo, here it here it is. Like I'm the guy that used to fucking drive drunk and fucking
2: try to fuck your girlfriend like, you know. It's that's that's me. I I
1: fucking did all of those asshole fucking things and and here's where I am now in my life and here's how I'm trying to be different and here's how I'm trying to be better. So that That was just sort of my voice in public and in conversations with people and then certainly on social media, and I think that's what caught the right people's attention to to land me in book world, or like you know this guy this guy's pretty honest <laughs> like,
0: yeah, I think it's something that just yeah it, it, people react to that, and I think it's such an important way to be as a person, not even taking social media out of the equation just. Being willing to grow and being willing to like look at what you had done and fault it and be like, yeah, that like it's easy to glamorize every aspect of what we've gone through and blame other circumstances for things, right? But growing takes guts and meditation on what you've
1: gone through. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just we all kind of have, we all kind of have our story and and we all kind of have our pasts and, and there's a certain amount of taking responsibility for for where you've been and and what's happened to you and and deciding like you're not really a victim of of life you know in a lot of ways you created these things for yourself but um there there's certainly this aspect of of yeah taking responsibility for for what you've done and also taking responsibility for what you continue to do and 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 how you handle the yeah. things that are out of your control and um i i don't know why i feel like touching on this right now i might be totally on fucking mars but you know i think there is this this tendency right now i mean it's always been existent in human <laughs> beings but to we're real quick to point out other people's problems and other pe- people's faults, but it's really hard for us to do the same for ourselves. Um, except some of us, I think really just beat ourselves up constantly, but it doesn't feel good to pick yourself apart. So, so we're real quick to like, ha ha ha. And, and there's this real culture right now of like cancel culture or, or whatever it is. Right. And I think that there's aspects about it that are like, really important you know like hey this guy is a fucking racist like you know that kind of thing like yeah to some degree we should be calling people out but the the other part of this which i think a lot of people are kind of forgetting is like but you also have to allow people to grow up and allow people to change and and allow people the chance to be better because no single one of us is a fucking saint like We all have our fucking darkness. And if we're just jumping on this fucking bandwagon of like, yeah, let's cancel everyone that we don't agree with. Like how long until something from your past comes back to haunt you? Like, would you not want to be given the opportunity to show like, I've grown and I've evolved and, you know, so I, I I think that that's important. I, 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 I'm very much on your wavelength of. It can
0: do so much good when used the right way. There's certain people that need to be called out and need certain behavior that is atrocious, but it very easily becomes a habit again of not just calling out horrendous, atrocious things, but, oh, this person, I don't know, things that are blurred lines between extreme cases of horridness and things where they could have easily grown as a person or just made a mistake, an error in judgment, whatever the case may be. Um, But yeah, it's not something that I I talk about too much, but it is, I think a very important
2: topic at the same time. I think that those of us who know we've kind of had dark fucked up past and and
1: have like really examined and, and grown ourselves, and, and tried to heal those things and make amends where we could. I think we see this a little more clearly. <laughs> like, I think we see you have to be compassionate, even for people who do fucked up things. You, you
2: just have to be compassionate across the board and, you know, like just being too quick with the, like, ah you like fuck you cancel you like with
1: that further alienates people and causes more problems and and creates more extremists and and you know if if really what we truly want is like a balanced happy world like that's that's a part of it like take more responsibility for yourself and spend less time like shaming others right yeah and i think that's part
0: of of what yoga and meditation helps with is thinking about yourself or can do. I, I'm, I'm sure that people can use it negatively and maybe they meditate and all they do is think about what other people do. That's yeah, shitty. Absolutely. Um, but hopefully most people are, are spending that time thinking about themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a cool thing that um, that happens when you when you write a book, which is then you get asked to do uh, public speaking about it. And I know that this kind of counts as, as public speaking, but I mean, like getting up on a stage on your own, talking to an audience, which I know you've
1: done, is that something that came naturally to you? Yeah, I mean, I think spend enough time on stage with with the band that, you know, most of these audiences I speak to as an author or as a teacher are smaller than many of the crowds I talk to or speak to (laughs)
2: or
1: you know i'm in front of as a band so while there is like a more vulnerable aspect like i don't have a loud ass guitar and a loud ass band there is also like just a certain level of like i'm i'm used to this like i just you know i've i've sort of aired my laundry or whatever like people know me and you know so i've i've kind of come to this like what other people think of me is none of my business mentality. So obviously someone wants to hear what I have to say, so I'm going to say it. And and that's the end of my responsibility about the matter. Yeah. Amazing.
0: Um, I know that you've helped other people in bands take up these practices that are incredibly helpful. Um, Is it something that you view now as, uh, as an important part of Being kind towards others and showing kindness to try and educate people who you think could, could help from it.
1: Absolutely. There's, I mean, to a certain degree, I think all of us have ways that we can help other people and that it's kind of our responsibility to do that whenever we can. But there's also this, I think in yoga, especially kind of this preachiness and sort of this everyone's an expert kind ofness. And so. I do my best to not offer unsolicited advice or help, but to also be really open and really available so that people know if they want to know about this kind of stuff, my door is, is open. That's really cool.
0: It's a very good attitude to have. Um, we need to touch on, on the virus. Um, Well, I I really liked it. I've always wanted to, to release a a children's book. And, uh, and when I saw you done that, which I didn't know when I set this up with you, I saw it on your website when I was doing my prep, but it's very cool. What made you want to do
1: it? Yeah, man. You know, I, I'd actually taken a couple swings at kids books. I'm still taking swings at kids books. Like the longer I have kids, the more I'm like, Oh fuck. I want to do
2: that. But, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd taken a couple swings and, and never really had anyone interested
1: or, or pick it up, and it's fine, you know? <laughs> I'm a person who, like, tries everything I want to do, and some things work and some things don't, so that's fine. But yeah, whenever this happened or er, things started locking down, like, at very first, I don't know about the UK, but in the US, the feeling was kind of like, oh, this is going to be, like, three or four months, and then we're going to be back to normal. And so I was like, okay, well, looks like I'm not working for a few months. What can I do? Like, how, how can I be useful? And I had this idea, like, okay, a lot of people are probably fucking scared right now. And a lot of people's kids are probably fucking scared right now. So maybe, maybe I should give this kid's book stuff another track. And I, I hit up my buddy, Dave, the illustrator. And when I approached him with the project, I was like, look, dude, I doubt anyone's going to want to release this. I don't know what we do. Like, maybe we just write this and release it on Instagram for free, or I don't fucking know, but I feel like we could write something that's helpful and, and helps people like relax a
2: little and, and wrap their heads around what's, what's going on. And Dave was like, let's do this. I'm buddies with like this super small independent publisher out of Austin. I
1: bet that he'd be interested. And we're talking like runs his publishing company like out of his fucking garage level or whatever. Punk rock. Totally. But I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Obviously, no publishers have wanted to put out my kids' books till now. So I'm not going to say no to garage guy. <laughs> like, if he wants to do this, like, fuck <laughs> yeah, it's on. So we talked to him. He was all about it. I was like, I'd like to do it in a few languages because, you know, my wife's from Montreal. So I'd like to do it in French. I'm originally from Mexico. I'd like to do it in Spanish. This guy, Travis, was like, yes, 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 yes. Whatever you want to do, let's do it. Travis was like, what do you think about donating profits to the world health organization? Me and Dave were like, fuck. Yeah. Like let's do it. Three weeks later, the book was finished, edited in all three languages and off to press. And the whole thing happened so fucking fast. Um, (laughs) At the end of the day, like I felt like, yeah, you know, we, we put something good out there and, and we tried to help people and, And that was kind of it. I didn't think much about it. Like Travis was like, what do you think about giving away digital copies to school teachers or to parents who are stuck at home with their kids? And I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Everything we can do to help just yes. And, and then I just never thought about it much again. So one day Travis sends me a screenshot of a review, a bad review. Oh no. And it was honestly (laughs) basically the only time one of my books has gotten a bad review i want to be well and the death of you are kind of universally loved which feels great <laughs> like i know that's not sustainable but it felt great like everyone who read the book was like oh. so i get this review for the virus and it's basically i it's basically underplays the severity of this virus no mention of masks And it was so bad, I returned the book. And I was like, oh, shit. And I got to thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, like I said, when this first everything locked down, we thought it was only going to be three months. Like masks weren't really a thing then. Like here we are. At that point, it was like nine months in or something. And yeah, masks are like a fucking thing. (laughs) this lady's right. <laughs> you know, I was like, I never wanted to downplay the severity of the virus. I just wanted to like make it a comforting thing. So we went back, we wrote a couple pages, we added masks, we published a second edition of the book and we, and we <laughs> put it back out there. And so now it's just out there living, still raising a little bit of money for the world health organization and still, you know, still being offered to teachers and parents for free digitally and and hopefully doing a little bit of good but yeah my my first bad book review so bad she had to return the book
0: book was was like like you and like me it it was imperfect it needed to grow and and change and adapt and it did so it did so good you know, uh, <laughs> I try try not to take it personally. It's a good experience, and and uh, that's it. That's it. You you learn from everything, right? You can't. Uh... But it is gutting. That is the negative side of social. Is when you're all pumped up and happy, you've shown something, and you get a review, you get a notification, and then it's something negative, and it's like, ah.
1: Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'm used to it with the band. Like, there's always going to be the people who, with bodracket. <laughs> One of two things happens like, oh, they always do the exact same thing. It it never changes. Or when we do change things a little, people who are like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, they got too weird, you know? That's and it. so with music somehow, I've always kind of been like,
2: "Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> like, whatever. I think the new record's fucking awesome. With books, I was a little like,
1: hey, <laughs> like... I'm not making any fucking money off this. Like I didn't have to do this kid's book. I just, I just wanted to yeah. like make something nice. Like fuck you lady. But then, you know, <laughs> spend some time thinking and like, yeah, you know, she's right about some things. And, and yeah. Uh,
0: I'm glad. I'm glad it's, um, it's been such a, a good chat. I really, really enjoyed it. And you know, something you've, you've talked about, which, you mentioned briefly was how um how yoga can be perceived or the type of people that generally are are part of it um and something that put me off doing yoga for ages was trying to to find people that that i could relate to who were instructors or classes that that were relatable because it can be a bit intimidating to to look completely different to everyone else in the class um so it's a really beautiful thing you're doing. And I really want to thank you for, for not just your time, but everything you're putting out into the world. It's really, yeah, I really
2: appreciate that. It's Yeah,
1: definitely my, my mission as a teacher is like, I believe in these like ancient methodologies and these ancient teachings. And, and I think that there's something there that's valuable for anybody. It's just all in the way it's presented and like, Just as I'm aware that I'm not everybody's teacher, like there's certainly going to be people who are kind of offended by me and and the way I teach, and that's fine. I'm also aware that there's a lot of people who need a teacher like me or or who could benefit from someone like me. So it's really my great honor to to try and step up to that and, and be of service when I can. Amazing.
0: Um, before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to plug? Anything that you've got coming up? Um, any links you want me to include? Yeah, in absolutely.
1: So, uh, Change Bot Rocket, like we talked about, has our only live stream coming up um, next month. And it would sure mean a lot if you guys would support us and support our business and, and help us support our families. It's uh, tickets are on sale at biggerthankiss.com. Or you can get there through teenagebutterrocket.com and um, also yogaforpunks.com. We have got like a 31-day course going. You can start whenever you'd like, um, work at your own pace. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what I'm working on, and um, I appreciate everyone who's who's helping, support, and uh, spreading the word. Amazing! It's been it's been great chatting. I'm gonna
0: hit stop recording. I hope you enjoyed that episode it was such a pleasure having Miguel on the show he has so much to offer in terms of the experiences he's had how he's learned from his past and how he's had to adapt his life to keep it sustainable and and change his course And, and yeah I think that there's so much there that we can gain and I hope you enjoyed that episode leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts that really helps and if not just get in touch shoot me a message it's really encouraging to hear what you think of the episodes I know the audio was a bit glitchy on that one. Not sure what happened We're getting it sorted. Um, Thank you so much to Miguel for coming on the show and definitely go to the website Bigger Than Kiss and get tickets for the live stream. It's going to be a good one. You're going to enjoy it. Um, And yeah, keep tuned because we've got merch coming. We've got an amazing episode coming out next week, which I'm really, really excited for. Um, And if you haven't listened to the previous ones, Go check some out. Jimmy from Polar Bear Club was last week. That was an absolute banger. I also talked last week to my friend Lewis uh, from Meet Me in St. Louis. And there's been so many good episodes that uh, I'm sure you will find some you can enjoy. And if particularly you're interested uh, in yoga and, and looking after yourself, then, yeah, the episodes with Nikki about neurodevelopment, the episode with Pete about yoga and punk rock both good ones also the episode of kelly kenpachi i think that was episode two so you're going back quite a while there but yeah enjoy take it easy i'll catch you next week